0: Bismillah, salatu ala wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajmain As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa So today is a topic called wisdom of trials And I know that trials are very difficult Trials are not things that we ask for Even if we're good Muslims Even if we know there's khair in them Even though we know that it could purify us Even though We know they can elevate us and there's a hidden blessing in them, but we don't ask for them, nor do we desire them. And actually, when we go through them, we're all victims of what? Feeling that vulnerability, feeling sadness, feeling grief, feeling even upset sometimes, questioning why uh, this is happening. And kind of like we hope that we would know the wisdoms behind it. But there's many different things that kind of go part of the equation. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shared with us through the Qur'an and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shared through us through our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu it kind of helps us go through those things and kind of refer back to them because that's very important. There is no way, there is no way we as Muslimin, even if we memorize the whole Qur'an, we listen to the hadith. we follow the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that when a time we're going through a difficulty, we don't have to go back and reflect. And that's the power of knowledge. That's actually the power of knowledge, to utilize that knowledge and put it into its proper context. If I know something, I can use it. If I don't know something, I won't be able to go to refer to it, right? So the more we know, of trials, the more we know of the verses of the Quran, the more we know different stories, even in the Quran that God shared with us for us to kind of like compare and contrast to, then we will develop those wisdoms and always refer back to it. And that will actually help us go through and cope whatever it is that we're going through. So, and I think this topic is actually perfect for for now because we're going through a tough time. And the ummah is going through a tough time And even us as individuals Are going through tough times And each of us has a different level of trials Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests people But He tests people differently Depending on their level of tolerance Their level of patience And their level also of faith Right And it's not for me and you to say Who's at what level And how much we can tolerate It's Him he is the one who knows us better than we, own, we know ourselves. He is our creator. He is the one who invented us. He is the one who knows how much weight we can handle, how much strength we have. He knows what we can do and what we can't do. He knows that. And that's why the powerful verses and the powerful words in the last verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says directly from himself to the Rasul he says, That God is directly telling the Prophet Muhammad to relay this message to us and to himself. That he will not give us anything our shoulders can't bear. And yes, there's times where we're like, we see other people going through something we're like, I can't handle that. I would never be able to go through that. Right? And sometimes we go through something ourselves and then, Fast forward, looking back several months or years later, like, wow, I didn't even know I had the strength to go through it, subhanAllah, because God knows us better than we know ourselves. So let us trust what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala trusts in us. That's part of relying and trusting on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the life of this world is not the end of the story. So... Many of uh, many people that fight and, and have a hard time with this world, it's because we are attached to this world. We know only this world, so it's not necessarily a bad thing to be attached to it, but we have to refocus because, yes, what the world we know very well is this one. The one that we see and experience and, and you know we see, we hear, we touch, we taste, it's this one. It's not that one yet. We only know a few. Kind of narrations that describe the goodness or the hardships of the hereafter But this is our comfort zone This is the zone that we know we're familiar with It's our territory So it's okay to be attached to the dunya But not to the extreme where we're attached so much to this world And everything pertaining to this world That we forget Allah and We forget the accountability of our actions We can't do that And as Muslimin, what makes us different? It, no, because we know very well That this life isn't it. This life is only temporary. This life is very short. This life is just a trial. This life is just a trial. So if we experience goodness in it, that's great. This is naam from Rabbil Alameen. These are blessings. And if we go through hardships, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking and requiring us to push through it, trusting Him. So we can have the best outcome and we can expose the best aspect of ourselves. So many humans think that this world is it. And this is something of a deception. In Surat Luqman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us don't be deceived by deluded by this world and don't be deceived about Allah by the deceiver. So don't be distracted so much by a world that God created for you to utilize to do good in it, not to do wrong in it. Second, don't be deceived about Allah by the deceiver. Who's mentioned here? Shaytan. So Shaytan's main focus is to distract us from Allah, distract us from doing the right thing at the right time, to distract us, to procrastinate things. Procrastination, laziness that comes from shaitan Even the different nicks and necks And the the problems that we have with people Comes from shaitan, instigating that So understand, it's not just about this world This world is not the end of the story So there is another life, an eternal life A life, an infinite life A life that holds a lot of accountability SubhanAllah, when we're talking about not one little thing goes in vain Not one little thing is skipped through Every small good deed, every small bad deed We will see it on the day of judgment And we will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with it And just hearing those words, we should be scared and nervous Because the reality is sometimes, do we even remember what we did yesterday? Do we remember all the conversations we have? Do we remember all the transactions we make? No. But subhanAllah, it's in a book. It's in a prescribed book that we create and we make and we author and nothing, even if we forgot about it, that's not forgotten there. It's not forgotten there. So there's an eternal, infinite life that's more important than this one. Right now, we treat this one as a priority. We work really hard in this life. We struggle in this life wanting to grow and to to save more money and to build more things and have more property and meet more people and be more powerful and have more degrees and get more education. We strive very hard for this life because we think this life is important, but it's not the most important. Yes, we're asked to work and go through the struggles, the twists, the turns, everything in this life, but it's not the priority. It's not the priority. This is just a means for the end result. It's kind of like you going through all those things in school to get to the final graduation, to get to the final position, to get that final degree, to leave that and to go to something greater. SubhanAllah, the hereafter is actually compared to a graduation ceremony where you see in graduation, in going through your schooling process, don't you see easy times? Don't you experience hard times? Don't you experience times that don't make sense? Don't you experience all the different experiences? And then when you get to that graduation ceremony, those who worked hard, even if they barely passed, they're super happy, right? They're super happy. But imagine those who exceeded and excelled and pushed through gracefully and made it to the top. Their their joy is on a whole different level. So when we're talking about the hereafter, think about this way, that it is a more important life than this one in which we will be judged for the deeds that we're doing now. That's the unique thing is that's why he says, don't be deceived by this world, because this is the real world. That gets us what we are going to be expecting there. So if we do good and we work hard, we're going to find fruits there, ease there, joy there, leisure there. But if we take the shortcut here, thinking that I always have later, which is part of the deception of shaitan, then we're going to fall short and have many regrets. Many regrets why we didn't focus on that better. So Allah's purpose in making the creation is to give us the opportunity to grow closer to him through good deeds and through different acts of worship. And he wants us to know him, recognize him, acknowledge him, right, obey him, submit to him and do as much good deeds as possible with minimizing as much bad deeds as possible. Here he's not asking us to be perfect because if we were all angels, he will destroy us and create a new generation of people. Because the human is not meant to be perfect. Perfect. But the thing is, he wants us to use this brain that he gave us to do the right thing, the best way we know how, with whatever he gave us. And if we fall short or we fall victim to our own desires, then we turn back, repenting, having that clear conscience, that We admit that we did something wrong. That's all he wants. He wants that admitting. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, he mentioned that it is he who created death and life to test which of you is best or better in deeds. Here, he's not saying that only one is going to make it to the top. He created us to test us. That's the whole purpose Like if you were going to be asking that question to God Why did you create us? It is for one simple reason To worship Him It's not what we do now But if you notice Everything we do is in a sense of worship If we do have the right intentions So subhanallah Even though God created us to worship Him Does He expect us to be in the masjid all day? Does He expect us to be bowing and prostrating all day? Does he expect us to refrain from eating all day and fasting all day and then eating later? No. Does he expect us that whatever money he gives us to dish it all out? No. There's a beautiful balance. There has to be a beautiful balance that we recognize that Allah is a priority. Allah is everything. Allah is the core of all of our decisions, all of our plans, all of our goals. He's not put to the side ever. He's always the priority. He's always the main part of the equation. If something pleases him, we go closer to it. If something displeases him, we stay away from it. Even if we feel we're going to benefit from it. You understand this concept? This This is where me growing up, I will choose my field of study. I will choose where I live. I will choose my spouse. I will choose even the names of my kids. I will choose my friends. I will choose where I go and where I don't go. That's how conscious we have to be. That's how God wants us to be. And that's where we could even get ajr reward in our sleep. We could get ajr in the way we dress. We can get ajr in the way we eat. We can get ajr in the way we spend, even if it's on ourselves or our loved ones. SubhanAllah. So you can be an obedient servant of Allah 24-7 without necessarily prostrating all day and fasting all day and praying all night. So it's not made to be hard or difficult. It's realistic. So part of the test in this life is to endure trials in many forms. Most obviously, is as pain and suffering that we might be patient but even pleasure and happiness that we might be grateful we're always going to be between two main emotions so we're either going to go through a difficulty or a hardship and we need to practice that patience and that perseverance right or we're going to go through ease and what we're going to have to be tested with our gratitude and are we truly grateful for that blessing or not? Are we going to misuse it? So patience and gratitude are really the, the two sides of one coin. It's very important that we understand these are two of the main re- ways God tests us, either through hardships or through eases. And there are two words for trial in the Quran. The first is albala, which means to test. And that the reality of what has been done is known, it's obvious. And the second one is al-fitna. And that has a similar, but it's a broader meaning. Adding dimensions of seduction, dimensions of temptation or misguidance. And you'll see that it's something that's going to kind of initiate that type of abala or fitna. So each word carries the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test us with hardships. You know, I know that's an obvious way of Him testing us because really people's true colors come out when they're tested with hardships. Our our real colors and our real strengths don't come with eases. Eases are easy. Some majority of the time people don't even realize we're being tested with eases. They think, oh, I'm I'm having kind of like clear waters, I'm not being tested right now. I wonder why God is not testing me. No, we're we're being tested all day, every day. We're being tested with every decision we're, we're, we're actually put to select from. If we have a, a, an issue of, of ease, we're tested. Are we grateful for? Are we recognizing who it's from? Are we utilizing in a way that's pleasing him? Are we benefiting others with it? Or are we just keeping it to ourselves, developing more ignorance and arrogance and thinking we're better than others because of it. So the test of gratitude is real. The test of hardship is real. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this to understand that Allah tests us with hardship and ease to make known who we really are. Who we really are. This is going to extract who we really are. Now, like a blacksmith who melts gold and silver in a furnace to remove its draws, Allah likewise puts us to trial in order to remove our spiritual defects. Such that only the best qualities remain. So if you notice, you go through a trial and you deal with it with real Like faith in God, trust in God, and you turn to God. So you don't flee from God, you turn to God. You go more into making dua, you go more into making dhikr, you go more into praying your prayers on time. You go more to seeking God and asking him to guide you. Wallahi, he will guide you. That's without a doubt. God says this about himself in a Hadith Qudsi. He says, if my servant asks me for guidance, I will guide them. There's no doubt about that. But if you ever tried a trial and you got mad and bitter, upset, and it made you kind of distance yourself from God, what did it do? Made things worse. It makes things worse. Doesn't make things better. Now, I don't want you to see what I'm saying for real. I would want you to just take the option A because trust me when I tell you, If you you are in a journey from Allah to Allah and only Allah can help you, only Allah can guide us. Only God can take us out of whatever situation we're in, even if we think it's impossible. So if you turn to Allah with that mindset and that work and you actually strive taking steps to him, he will not only walk to you, he'll run to you. He'll run to you and you will feel that presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Amir in in just moments or time that passes You'll see that he'll change your affair from one thing to the next From one thing to the next subhanAllah So we have to understand that Allah promises us That we will indeed be put in a trial with many forms of hardship And we might lose some things that are very important to us right? You know, I'm like I told you in the beginning, it's not easy to, to go through hardships. They're called hardships for a reason. None of us should ask for hardships either. So is it ever easy to lose a loved one? Is it ever easy to be challenged with our health? Is it ever easy to lose our job and kind of like a security, a loss of income? Don't we naturally worry at that point? We naturally kind of get scared and and don't know what to do. But subhanAllah, remember that Allah does not give us what we can't handle. That does not mean stop and just wait for God to prevail. That means God gave you something. Take the challenge, grow from it, push through, and you will see that you will be better. You will be stronger, both physically and spiritually and mentally even. So always take it as a challenge. That I'm going to outdo this. I'm going to succeed this. And you will. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that Allah will surely test you with something of fear, of hunger, of loss of wealth, lives and fruits. But give glad tidings to the patient. Those who when afflicted by calamity say, Indeed to Allah we belong and to Him we'll, we will return SubhanAllah this ayah is very powerful by the way I know we hear it a lot but I really want us to actually contemplate it And think about it Now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing us in the Quran He's not just addressing the Muslimin here He's not just addressing males or females, believers or non-believers. He's addressing all of mankind, all those that he created. And he said that he will test us with all these different categories. So here we have to recognize and dismiss right away that thought that comes to us. What did I do wrong? Right? When we're tested, sometimes it's the first thing we come to. Like, I'm a good person. Why did this happen to me? It's not about picking on you. Allah doesn't pick on us. Allah loves us. Allah loves us. Allah will love us in a way that we can't can't even understand. A very small aspect of understanding, a very small percentage is a parent with a child. That child does not know why their parents say do and don't. And whether the parents are doing it right or wrong, their whole intent is 100% pure to protect that child. They don't want to harm that child. They do it out of love. So sometimes it's a tough love. It's a tough love. And God is going to love us. But doesn't mean he's going to give us everything we want whenever we want it, however we want it. Doesn't work that way. If that was the case, we'd all be messed up. We'd all be messed up big time because it's those do's and don'ts that teach us boundaries. And we need to know boundaries. Even as we get older, even when we rule kind of control our own life, we're not under the control or leadership of our parents. Even when we make it big and we have our own businesses and we're in control completely of what happens, we make the decisions. At that point, you still have to understand we have boundaries. We always have boundaries. There's never a time in our life that we don't have boundaries. And God puts those boundaries for us. So God says here, I will test you all. Be prepared. Be prepared for that. So he will test us with something that will scare us. He will test us with hunger, whether at a mild level or a higher level. He will test us with loss of wealth. So times will be struggling and sometimes will be completely comfortable. There's going to be times where he tests us even with life and death. And he will test us with different fruits that's offered in this world. But he says right here, give glad tidings to those who are patient. That when a calamity hits them, they say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi that to him we belong and to him we will return if you understand this concept anything that happens in your life you will say this phrase why because this phrase as many arab speaking people say this is really only at like funerals majority of the time this phrase is used only when you experience life and death right death That we remind ourselves Allah created us and we're returning to Him. But the reality is anything that God gives you and you experience and He takes it from you, you have to be patient, understanding and reminding yourself that everything is originated from Him. And everything we possess is from Him. And if He chooses to take it and test us without it, that's up to Him. It's totally up to Him. So practice that. Anytime you go through something of difficulty Say this phrase And you'll see God will calm your heart Because only our hearts will find peace With the remembrance of Allah And we do what he teaches us to do And that's the best practice The last thing I'll say Before we could take a short little break uh, And then we'll go from there Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Do people think they will be left alone And say we have faith And they will not be put in trial. Like, God is asking us a question. Like, do we really think we're going to (laughs) say, we believe, amanna? Yeah, we believe you, God. And we love you, God. And we fear you, God. And we trust you, God. But then not put those things into play. He's going to make sure to test you with that statement. He's going to... See and prove to you if it's really a factual belief or not. He says, do the people think they will be left alone to say we have faith and they will not be put to trial? And we have surely tested those before them. And Allah will make evident those who are truthful. And he will make evident those who are liars. So here in trials, whether it's with ease or hardship, it's with trials that our faith comes out And not only are we proving it to ourselves But we're proving that faith to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That way when we go to Him on the day of judgment It's not like we're going to make up things Or just, just do lip service Our actions are going to be very clear Our actions are going to be very clear On what we believe What we truly believe What we believe in the core of our heart Because only through trials Will it be evident who are truthful and who are liars And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To make us of those who are truthful Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in We're taking a short break So you guys can get the refreshments in the back Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in so continuing where I left off, subhanAllah, trials are to really just kind of confirm and affirm who we are, what we believe, and bring that reality into light. So some of the classical scholars kind of put like a list of things or wisdoms that come from trials. So being tested, what comes out of it. And they listed about 17 blessings derived from trials So anytime we go through them I want you to always have that That mind of being positive and optimistic And try to kind of take that challenge And push yourself into uh, uh, the, the correct direction Now going through these 17 briefly Is number one Is one of the blessings derived from trials Is realizing the power, over, uh, the power of Allah over us we have to know that we're, we're not equivalent to God, nor does God have to answer to us. God is the powerful, we're the weak. God is the rich and we're the poor. We're the servant of God. He's the creator. It is no way, any, in any way, shape or form that we can question him, but yet he has all the right to question us. So sometimes when we go through trials, we really feel that especially hardships hardships bring out our vulnerabilities and bring those weaknesses out. Like truly no matter what, even look at what we see in Gaza, the strongest man. Could he protect his family? If there is somebody that's going to harm it physically, probably he could do so much, right? He could only do so much. Even a woman carrying a baby in her stomach, and that baby is completely under her shelter and protection, can she protect that baby if harm was decreed for it? No. No. And that's why we go back and say those times make us understand the reality of our weaknesses versus his strength. His strength. So we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that mindset that we know he is al-qawi. He is the one that's strong. He is the one who has power to do everything. We are limited. Whatever he gives us the power to do, we do through his permission. Other than that, there is nothing. We can't do anything without his permission. So it's those, you know, those blessings that come out of those trials. One is we realize the power of Allah over us. The second one is re- re- realizing our complete servitude to him. We need him. He does not need us. hundred percent. He does not benefit from anything we do. He does not benefit even from the level of knowledge he gives us. He does not benefit from our prayers or our fasts or our charity. He does not benefit from our good works. Nor does he lose When we don't do any of that Doesn't lose anything So understanding our complete servitude to Him We are the ones that submit to Him Three is being sincere to Him Sincere having that ikhlas That sincerity Is going to come with how we worship Him Are we worshiping Him only in times of ease? Are we kind of like selfish with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Or are we also worshiping Him in times of hardship? Because as a person who's sincere, we go through the good and the bad, the hard and the easy. So we always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerity in our actions and in our worship. Four is repenting to Him. Those vulnerabilities, sometimes they actually keep us grounded. Can you imagine if we were in a world Which there was a world of people like that Where God gave them everything It's one of the stories of the Quran He gave them everything It was pretty much like they had Jannah on the earth Do you believe that after some time They got sick of ease They started asking for hardships and difficulties SubhanAllah you say how, why? Because that's who we are That's who the human is it's like they always are not content, but we want to strive to being content. And sometimes those trials, they make us turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing our position in His position. And when we realize that position, we turn to Him for repentance. We turn to Him seeking forgiveness. We turn to Him admitting our faults and our shortcomings. And even the strongest and the smartest and the richest and the most powerful of us, We'll, we'll, we'll fall on our knees crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When we're asking for forgiveness You see how powerful that is? That's a blessing actually It's not to disgrace us It's to kind of really nurture us And keep us grounded Number five is also being humble before Him You got two options You got the option of being humble And you got the option to being prideful and arrogant boastful people that are humble and have humility they understand that they have what they have from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're pleased with that they're content with that and they do good with that but those that are actually boastful and prideful they start to actually think of themselves better than others as if there's something special they're unique they have something others don't. So they end up taking those good deeds or good uh, as, or skills or knowledge or uh, uh, things that God gave them, misusing them to see themselves better than others, which that can only corrupt a soul, it does not benefit a soul in any way. The next one is being forbearing and being forgiving is six and seven. And we have to know that if we are imperfect and we're turning to the perfect God, seeking repentance and forgiveness. Doesn't that also help us with the mindset that nobody's perfect? When we realize nobody's perfect, then we are more merciful with others as we want Allah to be merciful with us. Now, some people think we can't compare human beings to God but what do you mean? Why can't you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, He's above everyone. There's nobody compared to His mercy. There's nothing compared to His mercy. It's unbelievable, His mercy. But we can also carry some of the attribute in ourselves because how can we know and be conscious that we're imperfect? We make mistakes. Whether those mistakes are purposely intended or because of laziness or because we forget. Don't, when we turn back and seek forgiveness from God, don't we want him to forgive all of them? The ones we purposely do? The ones we're lazy and not doing? The ones that we forget and do it anyway? Don't we? Or do we only want God to forgive a certain percentage of it? No. No matter who we are and what we do, we want Allah to forgive every sin. Now keep that in mind that these trials, one of the blessings of them is it makes you more kind of sympathetic, I would say, empathetic to others that when somebody wrongs you, you kind of process it in a way that you try your best to be of those who are forgiving. Eight, being patient. It takes strength to be patient. It's weakness to overreact right away. A lot of people think it's like, oh, this is a smart thing to do. People will then see me as like I'm taking a serious or I'm yelling or I'm vulgar or I, or I, cursed up a storm or I did this or I did that. I broke things. Do you really think that's patience? That's actually weakness because you're not controlling yourself. That's a weakness. That's a weakness in us when we, we when we act that way. Strength is when we can refrain. Strength is when we could refrain. we don 't say things when we 're angry because we don't want to have a thousand regrets later we're we're 're patient in and uh, during a trial because we want allah to to give us to guide us and show us the fruits after that. so it takes a lot of strength, but among the blessings that are derived from trials is that we grow in patience we grow in patience and by the way. SubhanAllah as a person that went through many things in her life I seen that one obstacle I pass I gets, It gets harder It gets harder But then as you pass them You get stronger And you get stronger And you get stronger And you can handle more than you thought you ever did You could SubhanAllah it's unique But you gotta kind of, kind of look and observe at your life and your past And see how you reacted In order to see that from yourself But I say like even when I go through something tough I'm like oh wow that's tough Afterwards I'm like I don't even know how I went through such a thing Then I notice that I'm just a stronger person because of it So the more you recognize in yourself You'll help kind of strengthen those weaknesses within you And keep building on a stronger foundation The next one is being pleased with the decree of Allah At the end of the day we have to be pleased At the end of the day, we have to have full trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does what's best for us. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closes a door, we have to fully believe that he's going to open many more. We can't just be focused at the negative. We have to be optimistic and positive. So the more we're going through trials, the more we start to see the fruits of it. And why are we going to be more pleased? Because not instantaneously, but there's going to be times that, We experience a good deed or a good action or somebody does something of goodness for us. And we think, oh, my God, this is the best. If this happens in my life, it's the best thing that happens in my life. And then what? With time, we seem like, man, I wish that didn't even happen to me. I wish I never met that person. I wish I never went to that place. I wish, I wish, I wish, right? But initially, we thought it was the best thing for us. And then there's times where initially we think something is horrible. Like, why, God? Why did this happen to me? We question God. We're, like, scared of the unknown. We're uncomfortable with what we just experienced. But then time passes and you say, wow, if if that didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have did this. I wouldn't have accomplished this. I wouldn't have met this. Subhanallah. So that's why we have to actually be pleased with the decree of Allah Whatever He gives and whatever He takes Because the wisdom is really behind Him We only are enlightened by that wisdom sometimes after After the fact Not during the fact So trusting Allah is very important And ultimately being pleased with what He decrees is important Ten is being grateful to Allah We always have to be grateful Grateful is an attribute that we must carry in order to see the goodness of the hereafter and the goodness of the dunya. You know, even when we go through all these different trials, do you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala categorizes me and you as those who are grateful and those who are ungrateful? We're going to be put in categories of grateful or ungrateful. So whether that's gratitude showed to your creator or to the creation, We should practice being grateful people And we know the hadith that we are not truly thankful to Allah until we thank the people Right? So be in the aspect of kind of developing this attribute Being grateful for the small and the big Doesn't only have to be big things that we have to be grateful for And make sure that gratitude is internal, verbal and acted upon with your limbs The next one is being purified of sins As we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies us Even if we experience the prick of a thorn Right? A little paper cut that stings us periodically throughout the day Those little hiccups erase our sins and shed shed them from us Now imagine something more major A paper cut is not the same as a broken hand Right? That distracts you from your work and you can't move as good, you can't do certain things, you have certain pains, you have uh, struggles when you're doing the, the therapy. That's a whole different ballgame, right? When you get into a car accident, when you lose a loved one, when you, lose, when you struggle financially, when you have a chronic illness, when you have a severe headache, when somebody comes to annoy you out of nowhere, even that discomfort of somebody coming to annoy you. It's a discomfort, right? SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is cleansing us from our sins So we have to understand that these trials also purify us And guess what? If we were to choose If we wanted to go through the hardships here Or the hardships there Here is much easier No matter what we're going through here It's nothing like the hereafter so don't even say oh and rabbi ahsan or maybe yeah maybe no maybe yeah maybe no but we don't know so that's why if we were to be of those to be purified here through different struggles it's best to do it here than to do it there 12 is being compassionate to those who suffer obviously when you go through you go through hardships don't you aren't you more sympathetic and empathetic to others If you are a person that didn't really have any struggles, you grew up with an easy life, you know, many doors open for you, no real struggle with anybody or anything. And guess what? Do you, can you even, you could try, but can you really empathize and put yourself in their with, you know, in their shoes? So empathy is a sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad He's telling us Muslimin that you don't have to go through something to feel what your brothers and sisters are going through. We don't have to be bombed every day and every second and starved and limit food and drink for us to understand what our brothers and sisters are going through in Gaza. If that's the case, we have to experience that firsthand in order to sympathize or empathize or feel with them or pray for them. Or stand with them that, I don't know, not everybody's going to experience that. That's not, not everybody's going to experience that. We shouldn't have to go through something in order to feel it or embrace it. You have to be of those that are compassionate. And when we do struggle, we actually sympathize more and empathize more with those that struggle because we experience that. We experience that. So a person that goes through a financial hardship and then becomes comfortable, when they go and hear another story of a person that's struggling or lost her job, that person is more sympathetic because they've been through that. They understand the hardship of asking. They have. They understand the hardship of, of not wanting to be taken from others or being disgraced or misused or abused by others. They understand the struggle and the worry of paying their bills on time, taking care of their family, putting a roof over their head, putting food in their stomach. They understand. And if you go through that, you understand another person. A person that never was trialed with wealth will say, that's my money, why don't they go get a job? That's the statement you'll hear. Oh, there's really poor people around? Wow. You're lost If you really think nobody is poor Around you So this is what The comments that you usually get From people 13. Appreciating our blessings And our well-being Obviously when we have something We don't understand the true ni'mah We can be grateful people But we will not be 100% grateful Until we lose A little bit or test, be tested With it a little bit well, I, I'll be honest, my, my perspective, I was an athlete growing up. I used to work out about four hours a day. I used to be a top uh, um, player on my team, a starter. I made varsity in basketball as a freshman. I never had a problem breathing. Until I would say the first year of college, I started getting very anxious and, and stressed out. There was a lot of things going on at the same time developed where I could not breathe. I was pretty much having anxiety attacks until I, it led me to a minor heart attack. I did not understand the ni'mah, the blessing of breathing, until I struggled with it. So I overall thought I was grateful, but I didn't understand it truly until God took a little bit from me or he, str- he gave me a little struggle in it. So understand that concept. That we are grateful, inshallah we are grateful and Allah finds us grateful But we will never really understand the fine-tuned blessing until God takes it a little bit or tests us with it So hopefully we're grateful before that actually happens Fourteen is hoping in the reward of the hereafter When we go through hardships, we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rewarding us for our struggle We hope that God will guide us through our struggle for us to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through it, not to reject God with it. So we want to grow from those experiences because they are technically blessings. The last few is recognizing the hidden blessings of trials, knowing that there's khair behind every shar. Don't assume that you know. There might be khair behind a shar and a shar behind a khair. That's why I trust Allah subhanahu There might be a good thing behind a bad thing There might be a bad thing behind a good thing So trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And recognize the hidden blessings of the struggles you go through Sixteen is preventing us from arrogance or tyranny or oppression Really a person who is humble, conscious, sincere And goes through difficulties or through the trials They will be protected from this We don't want to be arrogant We don't want to be oppressive and and hurt people and be unjust We don't want to do that SubhanAllah, the more we recognize that we're human We have shortcomings, we make mistakes, we're not perfect We're always going to have somebody outdo us Outsmart us, outrich us, out everything We're not it Even no matter how good we are in those things You'll find not one, not two, not ten Many people that are better, stronger, wiser, smarter More wealthy Have better health Have more uh, respect with people Regardless what you have, be grateful uh, for it And be humble in it And the last one is the state of contentment Do you understand if you really want to feel the Jannah of the Akhirah To feel the Jannah of the dunya is to be content that, mean, that doesn't mean you're not a, a, a striver. That doesn't mean that at all. A content person though is happy with what they have currently. They're happy with what they have currently while striving for others, for other things. Because if you're not happy currently, what makes you think when you go to the next level, you're going to be happy. We don't want to be greedy in the sense that no matter where we're at, we're unhappy. Thinking that, oh, if I finally get to that end goal, I'm going to be happy. No, I'll be honest. Let me, let me burst your bubble. If you are not happy with who you are now, the next level, you're not going to be happy either. If you are happy with who you are now, working for better, you will be proud of yourself and happy with who you become. So you have to actually recognize the favors that are upon you now. And be content with it now. Do the best that you have with what you have now. Working for better. And that way when you get to grow from level to level to level, you will have what is called contentment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that are content. So despite the many subtle benefits of trials, we should not rush into adversity because we never know if we will be able to properly handle it. So again like I was saying in the beginning Don't ask for trials Don't ask God for hardships God knows when to test you How to test you With what to test you So don't rush it Because we might say Oh I could handle this good But how do you know? I wash the deceased women of this community <laughs> And I see death way more than you see it and I see many families mourning, whether they're mothers or grandmothers or sisters or wives or daughters. And many times people ask me, why do you do it? And I've been doing it for over 10 years, 12 years now. So I was young, fairly young when I started. And I would say the one reason is because I want to remember myself on that table. And I want to remember to appreciate those that I love because one day either I will lose them or they will lose me. But keep in mind, even through all that experience, I still can't envision how I will react when I lose, if I lose my mom in my lifetime. I don't know how I'll react. I can't say I'm gonna react this way only. That's not a guarantee. I would hope to react patiently i will hope to react in a way that's pleasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but i'm not going to ask for that trial thinking i know what i could handle and then not be able to properly handle it so when we uh, when the test inevitably comes we should definitely be optimistic and have an optimistic spirit we should have good thoughts and assumptions of allah don't think bad of allah he doesn't pick on you. He doesn't do it to harm you. No matter what you think. So don't have bad thoughts. Have good thoughts and good assumptions of Allah. And strive to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala internally, internally and externally. So inwardly and outwardly as we navigate the different challenges of life. And the last thing I'll say is if one of us loses something, whether it's a job or a position, or a, a relationship, we should assume that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closed that door for us because He has, an open, he has another door coming that's going to be better for us. Never think that God is doing it just to pick on you. Or some people might even come to you. Some people are also a disservice to each other and they'll say, I wonder what you did wrong for God to do that to you. That's not the case. So God helped those people first and foremost. But if God opens a door, good. If he closes the door, no, he wants you to move forward. Because so, there's something better in store for you. So keep that in mind. Always be optimistic. Always be positive. And if one of us experiences a decline in our health, we should assume that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us the opportunity to atone for our sins in this life instead of the hereafter. And one of the best thought patterns to adopt in this regard is to remember everything that happens to us, everything that happens to a believer is good as long as he and she keeps their faith. So everything that happens to us, good or bad, at whatever level, as long as we keep our faith, everything is good. Because that's the worst loss. The worst loss is when we lose Allah and we lose our faith. Because if we have Allah, we have everything. If we don't have Allah, whatever we possess is nothing. May Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who are grateful when we experience eases. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are patient when we're going through hardships. We ask Allah to grant us beneficial knowledge, increase us in knowledge and make us of those that are wise. And for us to even see the wisdom of what we go through. We ask Allah to make us of those that he guides, those that he loves, those that he forgives, those that he purifies and elevates. We ask Allah to make us of those he loves and those that are conscious of him. So we fear him and we constantly hope for his mercy and we never give up on that hope in his mercy we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings our major ones our minor ones those that we do privately those that we do publicly those that we do with intent or unintended we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for if he doesn't forgive us we're surely going to be from the losers we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us in this in this uh, in this world, and to keep us guided, and to hold our hearts firm and steadfast to this religion, and never allow us to deviate from that path, we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to grant us success in this world and the next, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala for His love, the love of every the love of those that love him and the love of every deed that will bring us closer to his love. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Bismillah rahman rahim Wal-Asr inna al-Insana lafi khusr illa al-ladina amanu wa'amilu salihati wa tawasawu bilhaq wa tawasawu bil sabr